Welcome to Trusted Journalism Matters. This is our first podcast in this series, and it's brought to you by the World Media Group, where I talk to journalists from our member brands about the importance of trusted journalism and what motivates them as individuals and the role that their media brand plays in helping audiences to make sense of the world around us. Today, I'm going to be talking to Matt Turner, who is the Editor-in-Chief of Business for Insider. Matt has had an illustrious career and has recently just flown in at the time of recording um, from Davos. But I also know from his um, CD that he um, has completed the Marathon des Um And I would love just to, before we get into it, why? When did you do that? Um, I was I in 2016. I signed up. I think you signed up a couple of years in advance. So I maybe made the commitment in 2014, and then I think it was April May 2016. I went to Morocco. I ran through the Sahara for I think 160 miles. And does that speak a little bit to? Uh, why you entered journalism? Do you need to, is playing an essential part of being a, um, uh, being a journalist and also, uh, what attracted you specifically to joining Insider? Yes. Um, I'm always inspired and somewhat intimidated by colleagues who always knew they wanted to be a journalist. I was not one of those people that really didn't occurred to me until I was probably in my 20s already. Um, I met someone, in, by chance, met someone in a bar in Wales and her boyfriend works for MTV. I was in university at the time uh, and I'd grown up watching MTV and I thought, wow, like, that sounds like such a dream job. And I told her this and you know, your boyfriend, he must have such a, he must be fascinating, he must be so great to get to work at MTV. And she gave my number to her boyfriend and he called me a week later and said, hey, why didn't you come in um, for a week? And so I spent a week and spent a summer there working on pay um, for MTV. I think I was 20 and it was, it was amazing. It was such an experience. Again, I'd grown up watching MTV. And so that put me on the path to journalism. I would not necessarily have thought of it before that. Um, so completely by chance, but then went and did a postgrad in museum journalism at City University in London, which is a great school, and a number of colleagues around the world who went through the program there. Um, and even then, I thought I was going to be a magazine journalist and kind of do lifestyle coverage or what have you. But I graduated in 2007, and uh, I think most journalists have an instinct to go to where the story is. And in 2007 and 2000 the story it was business it was finance it was the financial crisis great financial crisis and so uh, i gravitated towards financial journalism really complex and uh, intimidating and it took me a while to, to find my bearings and learn about the industry and all of the complexities of it but that's where i started in 2008 in london covering the financial crisis the collapse of the u.s banks and what have you and everything else is followed on from and in terms of insiders so i think um i don't know that there is a i have a need for pain (laughs) 
Um, I do probably have a need for a challenge. Um, journalism is, is a career, a profession where you're learning something new every day where uh, people move so quickly and you have to const- constantly react to that. Think about where the story is going next. Um, and so I, I think in that way, I find it really stimulating, but also challenging. And I think in terms of joining Insider, you know, 2015, I was in the Dow Jones newsroom, really well established. I was in New York already, so so surrounded by the Wall Street Journal um, folks and just uh, impressive and established and incredible history and an incredible publication. Um, but the opportunity back in 2015, which is when I moved to Insider, to go somewhere that, that was still in the really... Um, early innings of its development and to have an imprint on that, to be a part of growing that. Again, I think a little bit, it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity to learn and to learn something about myself as well and to, to develop and to test myself. And that was 20, mid-2015, so I've been there. It'll be eight years this summer. And it's just been an incredible ride and it has everything I thought it could be and more. I've learned so much, uh, worked with incredible colleagues, have been challenged and tested for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I am the editor I am today for having gone through that. So if, it, if there's a parallel, it's that, right? Taking on challenges to develop yourself, to test yourself and new things, learn new things about yourself. And I think if there is a parallel between running through the Sahara and journalism and being an insider, it, it's one. So what would you say is, is the kind of the mission, the ethos that makes insider unique yeah so i think there are two things i come back to over and over here. and by the way we do so much 600 uh, journalists around the world many different kinds of stories and coverage and from business which is my focus to lifestyle we have an incredible video operation with hundreds of millions of video views each month which is far from what i do right i think there are two things through lines through everything that we do um the first is what we talk about internally is fascinating stories for enterprising people so what does that mean enterprising we find that our audience they are engaged they are leaning in we're not just a passive scroll like people take our stories and want to do something with them or impacts them in some way or they share it after reading it or watching a video and this was something you mentioned i've just come back from davos i was talking about this with someone there and he said the exact same thing like oh now you said that you're right whenever i read one of your stories i send it to one of to my team or i send it to a friend or i talk about it after work with someone right so the idea of, of like enterprising people who are ambitious and they come to us you know and it can be ambitious in, in, in a workplace context but it can be ambitious to have a better life you know do you have a great holiday? The next time they go on holiday, to be a better parent, a better partner, to be healthy, etc. So all of those ambitions. Um, people who come to us with those ambitions and want to take something away from our stories. And then the fascinating bit, what does that mean? One way to put it is, you know, I'm a soccer fan, I follow, sorry, soccer football. I should say football, I'm British, but I've been living in New York now that I say soccer. I'm an Arsenal fan. And... and top of the table it's great long may it continue inside i don't think would typically cover the scoreline because that is everywhere right 
what we would be interested in covering is the moment in the game most fascinating that everyone's going to be talking about after the game, right? So that's an example. It's corporate earnings. We're not going to cover necessarily XYZ company delivered 11% revenue growth ahead of forecast. And in on what in the earnings release or often in the earnings call after the numbers, someone said, tell us a little bit about where the world is going, where their business is going. It's interesting. It's fascinating. But it's not the numbers and it's not the scoreline. It's the game. It's where the world is going. It's kind of the much bigger picture, right? So we really try and zone in and you can apply that to almost anything. So what we look for are the fascinating details and stories um, because so much of the information is, is everywhere. It's commodity. It's published in a hundred different publications within minutes. What we want to do is find the one thing that's fascinating that will grab readers' attention and stay with them. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, fascinating stories for enterprising people. The other thing I think about a lot, it, it's around the tone, right? So I tell people, you know, whatever your ambition, whatever your passion, we want to be your insider. And so I mentioned a little bit of my background, um, you know, starting out in 2008 in the financial crisis. And I have these very distinct memories of friends um, who were super smart and interested in the world. They were teachers and in design and um, you know, lots of different professions and they would after work we would go for a drink and they would say well, what the hell is going on with the phone? Like, what are credit default swaps what, what is Lehman Brothers and they just wanted to know what was going on in finance because that was the big story and to them I was there and I was able to explain what was going on in a really accessible way knowing that they're ambitious and smart and enterprising but they might not know this like experts and so in that moment i was there and said and i think we have an opportunity and i think we live up to it a lot of the time to to be that insider for lots of people whatever their interests whatever their ambitions are whatever their passions are we can be that small friend talking you know to them in a coffee shop or a bar after work or what have you or over whatsapp about what's going on in a particular space that they're interested in and have them feel like it's a conversation that they're learning but it, but they're not being lectured right? um that it, again conversation dialogue is the best way to describe so those are the two things i think about most whatever your ambition is whatever your passion is we want to be your insight and then um fascinating stories for enterprising people as i said we do so much but i think those two uh, phrases metaphors kind of um, capture a lot of what we do and the through lines in what we do you you kind of already answered my next question, which was more around your uh, uh, describing your audience. But um, perhaps you could just say a little bit about you know had um, have they changed it over the last few years the way they are consuming their content? Um, is it, has your geographical reach changed? You know the, the you know what yeah what how, how has the shape changed recently? Yeah, sure. It's a good question. So the first thing to say, just to give you an overall sense of our audience, you know, the numbers go up and down in the US, which is where I'm based and where our biggest single country audience is in the 80 to 100 visitors range. I think one in three millennials typically around the world, more like 300 to 500 million, right? When you're dealing in large numbers, it isn't a single audience. It spans every age group 
um, demographic, race, gender, interest, etc. So, so it isn't just like one singular audience that we have. It's many different audiences from around the world, many different languages, and they come to us from many different places. Right? For some people, um, they might follow us on LinkedIn. We have, I think, a million, twelve million followers there. And so they think of us for what they see through that platform. And then again, on YouTube, we have hundreds of millions of video views for a completely different kind of content. And that's what they think of us for, right? So, so we have lots of audiences and each kind of specific audience individual thinks of us for something different. I think that's a great um, benefit to us that we can do all these different things. So, um, so it isn't one single audience. I will say you know, international growth has been significant. So we are in around 100 million in the US. We are around 200 million plus ex-US, let's say, right? So we're actually a bigger audience outside the US than inside. I think in the UK, from memory, recent stats have shown we're one of the biggest publishers in the UK, like maybe first or second, right? So huge audience in the UK, for example. Many other countries also. Huge global audience. Um, so, so again, many different audiences. What are the through lines? Um, I, I think they're enterprising. They want to know where the world is headed. They're future focused. Um, they, they want to take something away from our stories. I think if we've seen a change, yeah, I referred to this earlier. The news cycle is always shifting, right? So if we think back to 2021, for example, boom times, right? Interest rates were low. Economy was coming out of the pandemic stimulus in the US elsewhere people had a lot of cash in their pockets crypto was booming tech startups you know were having money thrown at them then you get into 2022 suddenly everything changes almost on a dime right? so it's a very dramatic shift um, and so what we see is you know it's the same people but in different moments in their life often and so that's what we respond to we, we we talk about this. We, we would have a story in late 2021 about how to get hired at a company that was booming and paying very well, and to that company is laying staff off. And we're telling some of those same readers how to navigate being laid off by a company and what they should do next. Right? I think what we see are really, particularly through the last 18 months, dramatic shifts in what readers are interested in. Um, I think. As I said, it's a collection of many different audiences that come to us from many different places that think of us for many different things. What I'm looking to is even in the in the good times and the bad times, it's something that they can take away from those stories. You know, we're going to help them get a job, and then we're going to help them navigate maybe getting laid off if that's what happens, like down the road, right? And so, so trying to be for them through different moments in their life, again, workplace relationships, parenting, travel, what they should watch on TV, we have the opportunity to serve readers in all of these different moments and cycles, I suppose. How important to you personally is being part of an international news gathering organisation? Yeah, uh, it's been a huge focus for us through the last few years. Going back 15 years, we started in New York and then it you know, took a long time and I wasn't there at the time. To get to the point where we thought, well, we should have someone on the West Coast also. Uh, just growing within the US um, took time. And then we launched in the UK, I think around 2015. Um, we launched in Singapore right around 2020, 2021. I think there are new markets we're looking to launch in soon. 
kind of bureaus around the world. I think it's been a great benefit to Insider to have that international growth for a couple of reasons. One, the world is 24-7, right? So when the US or the UK or Asia is asleep, the news doesn't stop it's right through the weekend, right around the clock. So having a more global operation allows us to cover the news much more fully. Right? So if I think about my memory of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, I think, I think it happened kind of late. Maybe it was a weekend, I forget certainly late US time. And so the ability to lean on Singapore in that moment where we have a bureau and we have a team and then they rolled through to London. Um, and then so when the US woke up, our site had excellent coverage all around the clock. Right? So, so it's added a lot to our coverage in that sense. Hmm. Um, the other thing I would know is, and I just came back from Davos, the world is so interconnected. There are very few stories that are purely domestic stories these days. Much of it is, again, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, right? Or the geopolitics between China and the US um, and what that means for, for trade, for inflation, for technology competition, right? Um, there are just, the world is so connected. Um, and for us to cover the big storylines today, we have to have global perspective because for a company or, or for a news story, it could be happening anywhere in the world um, and it impacts our entire operation, right? Fitness, you know, we're talking about Tesla's earnings last night, right? The biggest market, I think, in terms of determining Tesla's success in the near term is China. So we have to have people on the ground in that time zone able to to kind of great coverage of what's going on that a global story i think that's true everywhere so um it's done a lot for us in terms of having 24 7 coverage from around the world i think it's also just where the, where the um, new cycle is stories today i think demand require that global perspective because so many of the biggest stories are not it's not just a pure technology story. It's not a pure Silicon Valley story. It's a story that spans the globe. And for us to do that story justice and to serve our readers, we have to be around also. Um, just to finish off, is there any one particular story that you've worked on that you're most proud of? It doesn't have to be the most recent one. It could be from years ago, but is there anything you you really feel care about yeah so uh, i'm going to kind of cheat this a little bit there i'm going to give you two answers one for me and then just one for the newsroom that i've seen is produced that i just am so proud of to be an part of an organization that does this kind of journalism for me i don't tend to think of like individual stories i tend to think of um storylines right because you know often it's not just one story it's, uh, it's a series of stories um I think there are many examples through the last year where we have just owned a story, right? Um, a couple of examples of that. One would be the tech layoff story. We were the first just recently to break the news that Microsoft staffers were racing for layoffs. A day later, they announced 10,000 cuts, right? When Amazon cut jobs, um, when Salesforce cut jobs, we really kind of covered those stories better than anyone. I think our tech coverage, our coverage of Microsoft, Amazon included, I think it's the best there is anywhere in the world. It's really exceptional. 
Another example of a story I'm proud of from my team last year, in the US, there was a real boom through the pandemic around mental health startups, often using social media to, to kind of attract um, kind of, uh, customers, essentially. Um, and there were a couple in particular that maybe um, harm was being done to, to patients because of lax prescribing practices and the like. We did really important work of shining a light on some of these companies and, you know, some of the harm that was being done to patients because, for example, kind of prescribing serious medication without actually ever meeting the patient because it was all being done online. So that was great. Series of stories. Um, we won our first pilots last year. Oh, yay. Well done. For a graphic novel around um, the experience of a woman in, I always mispronounce this, in in China. No, like a, a Uyghur uh, individual. But actually, I was going to mention something more recent, which we just, I think, kind of almost wrapped up. Uh, we did a series on trans homicide in the US. I wasn't involved with this, but I'm just so proud to be part of an organization that does this kind of work where we um, shone a light on homicide to trans individuals, either were not fully investigated or not taken um, sufficiently seriously by police. But subsequently, I reported, I think three of those cases have been reopened, um, and it might be the case of more or two. It's really important work, shining a light on something that deserves attention, wasn't maybe getting the attention, it deserved having a real-world consequence in terms of those cases and talking to the family, talking to the friends of these individuals um, who were murdered. Um, really important work. I'm so proud to be part of a newsroom that does that kind of work. And we have lots more coming in 2023. Matt, it, it's been amazing chatting to you and hearing more about um, your your work at Insider. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Over the next few months, um, do uh, come back to us and um, uh, we will be featuring more um, editors as, as we go along and hearing about um, how the different uh, brands within the World Media Group um, tackle the news. Um, so hope to see you again soon and thank you again. Brilliant. Thank you for having me.